Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Notice this. Satan wants to control our thinking. Well, everybody else is doing it. No way I'm going to do that. That's old stuff, Pastor Mark. That can't be true today. But God wants to transform my mind. And see, when we look at those things, and it's not just about couples like that. It's about all those things in our life. We go, that's old stuff in the Bible. This is as current as it will ever be, and it will never be out of date, ever. One trend in the church that is disconcerting for many is the adoption of behavior by those claiming to be followers of Christ that the Bible clearly prohibits. Sex before marriage and the use of illegal drugs are only a couple of examples. Pastor Mark will be teaching us the difference between following the world's mindset and having our minds regenerated by the Holy Spirit. We will learn the dangers of continuing with the mentality of the world and the benefits of taking on the mind of Christ. If we truly want to become followers of Jesus, we need to learn to think like he does. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in John chapter 8 with his continuing series called Free to Live as God Intended. His next step is become a disciple. And that simply meant to follow Jesus. It's a day-by-day experience. It's a lifestyle. It's not just an event. The Bible calls Christians who may have conversion baby Christians. But it moves on to disciple. Now, if you've never heard the word disciple uh, with a definition, let me give it to you. A disciple... Keyword, this is my definition, is a lifelong learner of what it means to follow Jesus. Under discipline, he's the boss. That's the one I follow. His word is what I follow. A growing, maturing Christ follower. I not only believe, I not only put my faith in him, but I've committed to follow him. Not perfectly, none of us are, but there's a moving forward. Now, that's what Jesus is going to go to. Now, watch how he goes to it. Look in verse 31. This is the test to those new people. Maybe not even convert yet. Look what he says. To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, what's the next word you see? If. If you, circle this word, I'll get to it in a moment. If you hold to my teaching, then you're really my disciples. So what is he trying to say to them? Here's the word hold. You don't have to write it, but you you have to understand it. Here's what Jesus said. That word hold is a Greek word, meno. And it's all through the gospel of John. 
John loved that word. Abide, hold. Here's what it means. Jesus is going to say, if you're really going to follow me, and this is to us today more than them, but it would be his teachings in those days. There wasn't a Bible in those days, but his teachings would be there. He means this. You need to read the Bible. You need to meditate on it. You need to absorb it. You need to stay in it. You need to obey it. You need to experience it. You need to go for it. Now notice that's all connected to what? The word. So he designated and he says here, if you really believe in me, then you need to follow me and become like me by being in the word. Stay in it, obey it, experience it. Now here's the problem. Many people think, well, if I read it, I'm there. I'm at church. I'm reading it. Praise God, Pastor Mark. Thank you very much. I'm glad you are here. But that is that God did not give us his word for information. He gave us his word so I would be transformed for transformation. Look at this verse on the overhead. Paul has to write it like this. It's in Romans. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. But let God transform you into a new person. Now, how does God transform us? Look at By changing the way you think. Remember, the battle is always where? In the mind. How does the world want us to think? When we get to the financial things, here's how the world says. You sat down this morning with your spouse. Oh, look at this furniture store. It has a Man, look at that leather couch set. And we don't have to pay for it. Start paying even one payment to 2026. Hallelujah, I'm set free. That's really bondage. Because are you going to pay for that sucker? Of course you are going to pay for it. Do you have the money? Well, no, but till 2026. If you don't got the money now, ain't going to be no better in 2026. Think about how our world thinks. Even Christians today. Pastor Mark, I know the Bible says I have to forgive. Sorry, that person hurt me too much. I will not forgive. Well, let me ask you a question. Who's in bondage, the person or you? You are. You have to change the way you think. You have to say, okay, I can be free of that. I know I still hurt from it, but I can be free of that. Amen? Here's another one. And this is a big deal in our world today. Well, Pastor Mark... I know the Bible says you're not supposed to have sex before you get married. And of course, you shouldn't be living with someone. But I have to practice it and I have to see if that person's the right one for me. So I'm just going to actually do that. Now, don't laugh because that's a normal system anymore. Most people have. Do you know how many percent? I forget. I heard it this week. The percentage of babies is something like 50 or 60 percent of babies are born into this world from people who are not married. Now, well, Pastor Mark, you don't actually expect me. To not live with somebody before I marry them, do I? Well, no, I don't expect you to, but God expects. Well, I'm not in bondage. Oh, yes, you are. Because you're sinning, and it's a habitual sin. It's not at once. It continues. And we can go through that for everything here. So what it says, when I change the way I think, because what the Bible says, then you will know what God wants you to do, and you will know how good and pleasing and perfect his will really is. Notice this. Satan wants to control our thinking. Well, everybody else is doing it. No way I'm going to do that. That's old stuff, Pastor Mark. That can't be true today. But God wants to transform my mind. And see, when we look at those things, and it's not just about couples like that. It's about all those things in our life. We go, that's old stuff in the Bible. 
This is as current as it will ever be, and it will never be out of date, ever, ever. Now, when you see that happening, that is hard for us because you have to understand it's being changed from the inside out. But transformed thinking has to lead into something else. Okay, Pastor Mark, I get it. I should forgive that person. I I should forgive that person. I know that's what God says. I should forgive that person. That's not enough. Look at James one twenty two. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. See, listening is wonderful. I'm very glad you're here. But that doesn't change me. You see, I deceive myself into thinking, well, Pastor Mark, I come every week now. I love the church. All these new people are coming. This is fantastic. I get to hear the word and it's making sense to me. That's really good. You need to forgive somebody. I know. I need to forgive somebody. I know. You have to forgive somebody. You have to do the word. See, that's the life change that we're into. And understand that. So what is the benchmark of a disciple then? Jesus says, are you really holding to my word? I mean, are you really in the word? Are you practicing it? Are you doing it? Even though you don't want to do it, are you doing it because it's the right thing? Here we are. Take a look. The benchmark of a real disciple, a disciple knows the word. That's what I'm teaching you here. I'm trying to teach you the word. Keeps growing in the word. It's not static. It's an ongoing process and obeys the word. So he's saying to these people, well, we believe in you, Jesus. Is this good? Let's see how you're going to do. Are you actually going to follow me and become like me? Or is it just kind of a head thing in you? You should not be surprised that the word disciple came from Jesus. Just write this verse down and you can look it up later. Most of you will know it. I'll read it to you. Do you know Matthew 28, 19 and 20 is called the Great Commission. Before Jesus left, he said to his converts, or excuse me, he said to his disciples, because that's what they were called. Let me read it to you. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, not converts, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And that's what we do here. And listen to the next one. And teaching them To obey only the things that you really like. Say, Pastor Mark, what version are you reading from? That's the devil's version right there. No, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. Teaching them to obey everything. Everything that I've commanded you. I can't obey for you. I have to struggle with obeying for me, just like sometimes you do. But I can teach you how, because it's the right thing. And surely I'm with you till the end of the very age. But many people say, well, Pastor Mark, these things that you keep talking about, it's filled with commands that are too difficult, too hard. There's no way I can obey them. No, that logic is not biblical at all. Look at this passage that John gives us. Loving God means keeping his commandments, and his commandments are not, what? Burdensome. 
His commandments are too tough. I can't do it. That's stupid, Pastor Mike. I'm supposed to separate from a person I'm living with. I have to stop having sex until I get married. I have to really forgive that person that did that to me. They're not burdensome. Now, can I just say this to you? This is probably one of my most famous, personally famous verses that speaks to my heart. If I obey God, by the way, let's just stop for a moment. Why does God say no to things? Well, because he hates you. And he wants you to have a miserable life. Do you know why God says no? To protect us. If you have a two-year-old that just started to walk, and you're walking them on the street, and you get distracted, and you're talking to a neighbor, and the neighbor says, whoa, your, your baby is walking into the street. Oh, he'll be fine, just a moment. You can laugh all you want. You would never say that. A loving father what? Stop! And you run after him. That's what the word of God is this morning. And if you'll understand the word is good for you, you will run in the freedom of the word of God. And you'll be like this. You will not be like that. That's where Satan wants you. It's too hard. It's no good. What in the world are you trying to do? Ruin my life, God? No, he's trying to save your life. And bring us freedom. Can I hear an amen? Amen. You see, that's it. That's it. Now, let's go back to John 8, 31, 32. Let me finish this statement for you. To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, if you keep doing it, you go for it, you absorb it, you read it, You're transformed. You obey it. You are really my disciples. What's verse 32? What's the first word in verse 32? Then. Watch this. Then you will know the truth. And the truth will set you free. What are we saying? You and I will never be free until we start making the word of God a focus so that we can learn to obey it and become like Jesus. You can say all you want. I'm a Christian peasant, Mark, I'm free. No, you're not. Not until you become a disciple and a real follower of Jesus. Isn't it amazing that universities use this? Come to our university and the truth will set you free. They're talking about academic truth. Academic truth will never set anybody free. See, amazing, brilliant places, great educators who take the text out of the context. Can you imagine them saying, come to our school, Jesus will set you free. But that's the only truth there is. It has nothing to do with academics. It has to do with Jesus has the key to set us free. Only Jesus. Only Jesus. Not religion. You'll see religion from those Jews. We've never been in bondage. We've never been in bondage. Did I already say to you, how many years were they in bondage? Of Egypt? 400. Ever hear the book of Exodus? The same people. They were freed, but they were in bondage for 400 years. Well, I'm not in bondage, Pastor Mark. I'm fine. I'm just doing my own thing. I hope you've already learned this morning, you are not doing your own thing. You are doing Satan's thing. 
Well, no way. Yes, you're deceived. That's what Satan done. He's a liar. Remember he said to Eve, you can be your own God and rule your own life. No, she became his slave instead of serving God. Understand how powerful this deception is. So what do we have? I want to give you these and I don't want you to copy them. When I, when I become a disciple, what, what benefits do I get? Well, let's look at them. I get to know the truth. When the Holy Spirit basically wrote his Bible through lots of people, he's known as the spirit of truth. So the word of God is true. I'm free from the bondage of sin and the power of sin we talked about. I'm free to enjoy every day. Will I still have trials and temptations and all kinds of things? Of course. Why do I enjoy it? Because I know that God takes all the things and he works them out for what? For good. For good. I'm afraid to live a life that pleases God. Remember what Jesus in this passage, we didn't read it this morning, but just a verse or two before Jesus said this, I only do those things that please God. I wish I could say to you this morning as a pastor, that's me. But no, very often I do things that don't please God, just like you. But he's generous in mercy, and he loves to forgive us, get a new start. I'm not talking about habitually in sin. That's another whole story. Next, I'm free to discern Satan's lies. If Eve would have listened to God, she would have never traded her relationship with God for a relationship with Satan. But she didn't know that's what she was going to do. I can discern, and we'll talk about that, Satan's lies. And I'm free to reach the potential. What is the potential for you and me? It's to live in freedom, as God intended. What does that mean? I love God. I serve God. I obey God. I enjoy God. And I worship God. When you sang that last song this morning, as we worship God, was there any freedom in the house this morning? Man, you're clapping like crazy. I came out of that grave. During the series, some of you are going to get free. You can like even raise your hand. I'm not making fun. Would you like this lifestyle? Do you think that will be a picture in heaven ever? Hi, God. How are you this morning? No, when you get to Jesus, a lot of people say this to us all the time. You know, when I get to heaven, I get all these questions I'm going to ask God. No, you're going to be down on your face like this. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. I'm in heaven. I'm in heaven. I'm in heaven. Can I hear an amen? That's where we're going. So this worship of God has to be from our hearts. And you guys did a great job this morning. Now, I don't know where you are in your own personal life. Some of you are maybe a little legalistic. So you're kind of a negative and critical person. Maybe even made fun. That's like you're running on the stage. What are you, like an idiot or something? No, I'm free to be me because I'm serving God. I'm not an idiot. You don't see me doing that often. Let's go to that church where the pastor runs on stage. It has nothing to do with me. But I'm free to worship God. You ought to see me at home. Okay, let's move on. Is that better than bondage? Yeah, we were meant to be that way, to worship him. Some of you, as you go through this, there's habits as a Christian in your life. Some of you have trouble with smoking and alcohol and fear, pornography, unforgiveness, depression, oppression. 
all kinds of stuff. And that goes in and out of believers, unbelievers, all of those things. And I know God's going to give us lots of breakthroughs. God, not me. He's going to bring breakthroughs. And I want you to turn to the last verse I want you to see this morning. It's John eight thirty-six. You say, well, Pastor Mark, how do you know that God's going to give me a breakthrough as a Christian? Because I'm always fearful or I'm a kind of a negative person. Can I be a positive person? Yes, you can. Thinking those things are good and lovely and kind. How do I know there's going to be breakthroughs for believers and unbelievers? Look at verse 36. If the sun sets you free, you will be free indeed. Who is the one that can set you free? Who else can set you free? Nobody. 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 Only Jesus can forgive sins and free us. Remember, you, me, I can't free myself. But if the sun sets me free, my friend, I am free indeed to be what he asked me to be. I can be a disciple. I can learn and keep growing in my walk. I can say no to the enemy. And when I fail, then I guess God, First John 1, 9, I confess my sins. I know you're faithful and just to forgive me and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. That's a part of all of our lives. There's nobody perfect in this room, but we have a perfect God. And his will for you is to be set free of bondages, oppression, all kind of things. But notice that verse. If the son. That's a choice. And some of you here this morning. Here's where your life is. It's right here. It's chained. Because you've never asked God to forgive you. You've never said to God. Because maybe this is the first day you've realized since you're not a believer that you're actually serving Satan. What? And I think I proved that to you exclusively from the word of God. So how do you get free? There's only one way. You confess your sins. Say, God, I was not only born a sinner, but I sinned. And I choose to ask you to forgive me. I put my faith in you. Remember, we read that today. But not just my faith. Now I want to follow you and become a disciple. I want to be like you so I can worship you and enjoy you and obey you and serve you and watch my life be transformed. Life means nothing unless you're doing life with God because there's no purpose and there's no meaning and there's no fulfillment. Only with God can you find freedom in real life. Thinking like Jesus requires that we learn how he thinks. As Pastor Marcus said, the Bible tells us clearly what God is thinking about, as well as the benefits of adopting the mindset that God has. We know all too well where worldly thinking and acting gets us. This alone should push us toward obedience to Jesus and his word and on the path to godly thinking. 
There's so much to learn from Pastor Mark's current series, so be sure to join us again. In the meantime, we'd like to offer you a CD copy of today's message for your own archives or for you to share with friends and family. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on Order a Message at the top of the page. There you'll be asked for the mailing information and be sure to include today's date. Each CD costs $5 to cover materials and shipping. Again, to order your CD copy, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Next time, Pastor Mark will be asking us what we think of when we hear the words truth and lies and what the word freedom means to us as Christ followers. We will be challenged to think about whether or not we are maturing in our relationship with Jesus. We'll be shown how the quality of this alliance affects everything else in our lives. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Ballmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living and together, let's do life right. in a hurting world a new hope he is giving